KSIV now presents Encounter, a public service program of Bot Radio Network, dedicated to keeping you informed about the issues that affect your life. Now, here's today's Encounter broadcast. Hey, welcome to Encounter. I'm Stacy Washington, and I'm filling in today, and it's my pleasure to be with you. And it's also my pleasure to welcome our guest for today. It's Pastor Doug Munton. He's the lead pastor of First Baptist Church of O'Fallon, Illinois. Pastor Munton, thank you for taking time out with us today. It's an honor to be with you. So let's talk a little bit. We have uh, extraordinary circumstances all over the country right now, and especially here in St. Louis and Illinois, the greater metro area, where parents are at home with their kids, college-age kids, so young adults, all the way down to the little ones who should be in maybe grammar school or middle school. All of the kids are at home. The kitchen tables are full. The refrigerators are either bursting with stuff we've just bought or maybe looking a little empty because kids eat all day. Um, How are we supposed to take this and how can we look at this in light of what the scriptures tell us about God's sovereignty? Well, Stacy, God didn't, uh, he's not surprised by any of the events that are transpiring, of course, and I'm I'm grateful that he understands in a way that I don't. I sure can't predict the future. I couldn't have predicted any of this. I do know this. It seems to me that difficulty and opportunity often travel on parallel tracks and arrive at about the same time. And so with these difficulties will come some great opportunities, too. And that's the way I'm praying. I'm praying God will use what the enemy would use for bad, that God will use it for good. And so I'm with you on that. I actually felt just an amazing sense of awe come over me as last week the events began to unfold. First, it was the school saying, listen, you know, we're either in spring break, so plan on not coming back after spring break, or we're about to go into spring break. We're going to cancel classes and just look for updates online. And then the colleges started to respond. And then we got notice ourselves as a family that our kids would be coming home. So as we look in the scriptures, can you like highlight for us an area in the Bible where God has used a national event that maybe looks like a tragedy to work things out for the good of a nation? Oh my goodness, Old Testament's filled with stories like that, isn't it? Uh, just <laughs> yeah. how God worked through the life of Israel, and so often, even through the difficulties that Israel faced. You know, they were they faced some difficulties that we have not faced. Um, being transported to another country, living in a foreign land, and then coming back to their land, the rebuilding of the of the city of Jerusalem and the temple, all of those things are you know, sort of, to me, reminders that God is still working even when circumstances are difficult. I don't, I don't mean to minimize uh, the problems. I mean, there, there are serious problems in our world and society, and there always are, by the way. But it also reminds us that God's still in control, God knows what he's doing, and God can still work in us and through us and with us in the middle of the most difficult moments we face. So I guess I find a great deal of comfort in that and hope, and um, just seeing how God worked through Israel in the Old Testament is a reminder that God is still working in our lives today. So, Pastor, I, one of the things that you, you just highlighted it is in the Old Testament, there's story after story where the nation of Israel either comes under judgment or has their own, through their own actions, they come into some kind of a calamity. And then they have a certain kind of timeline that kind of occurs every single time, which is the calamity or event occurs. And then you see um, some negative repercussions. And then the people of Israel would turn their faces to God and repent. And then he would restore them, heal their land, you know, bring them out of captivity, whatever the situation was, God was always faithful and just to deliver them. 
And so in America, and I know it's not popular to say, but I'm not about the popularity, Pastor. <laughs> we should have already been under judgment. And it's only the grace of God that prevents us from getting the full recompense back of what we have sown, whether it's abortion or uh, the policies that we have in our federal government, some of which are detrimental to the poor, some of which are unfair to different groups in, in our country. All of it pointing to a need for us to return to God and to repent. What would you tell people who are listening right now who are thinking, okay, I, I kind of feel it. We do need to repent. How do we do that? You know, this could be a great opportunity for us to really experience revival. And revival is particularly, you can't be revived unless you've been vibed. You know, it's, it's talking to people who are believers. And when we come back to the to our first love and come back to God, we can experience again a revival with God. We can experience His presence in a fresh and new way. And I'm praying God will use these events to remind us of the truth that we need Him desperately. We need Him desperately all the time, but sometimes these difficult moments remind us of how much we need Him, and that through that we will turn from our wicked ways and turn back to the things of God. And, and uh, the Lord tells us if, we're, if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So I believe God could use these circumstances to draw us to revival, to really cause the church in America to see God like we've never sought Him before, and to experience God again like He wants us to experience Him. And out of that could come what, I, what I'd what i call a spiritual awakening, where the community and culture around us see that there is something beyond uh, materialism and pleasure and power and could see their need for God maybe see it in the lives of believers first and see their need for God as well. And so I'm praying that will be the, the circumstances that will lead to a great revival and spiritual awakening in our land. That would be an awesome thing, wouldn't it? It would. I'm, I get excited just hearing you talk about it. it. So it would be the realization for Americans that what they've been told about living for God is totally false because our culture teaches us that if you live for Jesus Christ, that you're boring, you're not fun, you can't enjoy fun things, you maybe don't want other people to have fun things, and that your life is somehow devoid of the things that really matter, power, success, money, um, you know, external beauty, things like that. But the truth is, when we seek God first, we find that he not only adds everything to us, as the scriptures say, but that every part of our life is sweeter and more fulfilling because we're connected to the power source and we we have to know that as Christians in order to tell other people so they would want to be Christians. Um, do you see the church moving in that direction? Well, I sure hope so. And I, I'm, I guess um, I'm, a, I'm not a prophet nor the son of a prophet, but I'm, <laughs> I'm very hopeful that we're going to see a return to the things of God. The Bible says about God's will that it's good and pleasing and perfect, that, God, that God's will is good and pleasing and perfect, and that it's really what our heart is longing for. But we've somehow been enamored by the world that says, if you just have things, you'll be happy. Or if you just have uh, you know, enough money, you'll be happy. If you have material possessions, you'll be happy. If you seek pleasure, you'll be happy. And we might say, how's that working for you? It, it doesn't seem that that's really been uh, an answer to our deepest needs, uh, does it? And a moment like this reminds us, we need something bigger, something deeper, something more eternal, and that's the Lord Jesus himself. And so I'm praying through this that we will see a return to the things of God. And I do think there's a hunger for that in our society, in our church, in a way that perhaps there hasn't been for a while. 
So that hunger is that God-shaped hole, as some of the more secular people would put it. Um, but it's also the the deep longing that we have for satisfaction because we are spiritual beings. We are not just what you can see, the flesh and blood, but a spirit that is eternal and it longs for eternity, meaning the eternal relationship with our Father in heaven who created us. It's a longing for the creator. That has been so vilified in our culture but as Christians, we know it's true. How do we describe that to someone or, or anyone who, who we might encounter who will say, it just everything seems so meaningless. Well, everything is meaningless without God. How do we share that? Yeah, there, that is the truth, isn't it? That there's this longing we have for something more. And the Christian is never satisfied with less than God's best. Even though we often forget about God, I think maybe in many ways what's happened in our own culture is Christians have sort of been distracted from the things of God. It's not that we said, um, we're, we're just going to decide to never think about God or do the things God wants us to do. It's that we haven't thought about Him because we're so distracted by busyness, um, all the all the junk of the world, and maybe there's this little crack in our culture now that says, wait a second, there's something deeper, and there's something more, and Christians know that inherently. We know that there's something more God has for us. And so if that longing is being stirred in the heart of people who are listening today, it is because God wants to drive us to our knees and to seek Him as never before. And out of that will come, you know, God would be happy to fill this longing for Him. The Lord delights in that. He wants us to experience His fullness. And so maybe that longing, that your your feeling in your heart, believer, right now is because God is using the Holy God. The Holy Spirit is pricking your conscience about how much He loves you and how much He wants a deeper relationship with you, and how much more satisfying that will be, and of course, how much more lasting and eternal uh, that view of our world is. I'm, I'm praying that that's what's beginning in our society. It just seems to me I see a little a little faint glimmer of hope in this uh, tunnel this dark tunnel of culture we've been in, maybe there's at the, at the end of that tunnel, we see this light of revival that is our hope. Well, and, and so one of the things that happens is like, we'll, we'll see a pastor will preach on revival and share the stories of other great revivals that have happened in the United States. And we kind of think to ourselves, I mean, I, I know I did the first time I heard a, a sermon about revival. I thought, Oh, I wish that could happen in America, but it feels almost impossible but it's in our most impossible moment that God shows up big. And that's what I feel like we're seeing that the course of events for the coronavirus to escape from China and for it, it to come out in kind of a, it was a really negative way that they had kind of hidden it. And then when the other countries discovered that people were traveling around and spreading it, then there was, you know, a clamp down, you can't travel. And so we've seen a gradual tightening and closing of the circle where you could drive or fly anywhere. Now, you know, we're encouraged to just stay in our homes and quarantine, self-quarantine. But it also means the busyness that we've talked about here on this show, Pastor, that all has kind of been knocked down. You can't go to the gym. You can't go do all these things, which gives God a chance to work. Pastor Doug Munton, lead pastor of the First Baptist Church of O'Fallon, Illinois. Thank you so much, sir, for joining us today. God bless you. God bless you. Welcome back to Encounter. I'm Stacy Washington, and I am filling in today, and it's my pleasure to be with you. A couple of cool announcements. Tomorrow on the program, we are going to be joined 
by Pastor Rick Owsley. He's from St. Louis Bible Fellowship. He'll be talking with us uh, more about the same topic and other things, news of the day. And then on Friday, we will be joined by Bridget Van Means. She's the Thrive CEO and Vision Leader. And we're going to be talking with her about her prayer siege that she is hosting every morning at 8.30. She's uh, got a call line that you can dial into and different St. Louis and national leaders coming on just to storm the gates and beseech our father to have a Passover of the coronavirus in Missouri and in the country nationally, that things wouldn't be as bad as people are saying, as as our experts are predicting. And so that has been a, a fantastic thing to participate in. And she'll be explaining to us how we can join in on that prayer call, 30 minutes to start the day off right, praying and really asking God for his assistance. And then, of course, I have a couple of uh, announcements. Because of the coronavirus and the ensuing, we have kind of a, a, you know, basically it's a self-quarantine. We are trying to practice social distancing. And so the Greater St. Louis Prayer Breakfast that was scheduled for April 8th at the America Center has been canceled. That's the Greater St. Louis Prayer Breakfast scheduled for April 8th at the America Center. That has been Canceled, And then you have the Illinois Congressional Prayer Breakfast that was scheduled for May 4th in Collinsville, Illinois, that has also been canceled. Um, watch your email boxes and listen into this program to uh, check and see if those will be rescheduled. Right now, we're not sure exactly what's going to be happening at those times. So those two events have been canceled. And that's the Greater St. Louis Prayer Breakfast at the America Center and the Illinois Congressional Prayer Breakfast scheduled for May 4th in Collinsville, Illinois. Uh, so as we're moving through the program here, I have to tell you, I've I've just been excited as we were discussing with um, Pastor Munton about the thing that we see God doing here in America right now. And I'm, it, it's evidence everywhere, whether it's the prayer breakfasts that are canceled and people's response to that is to have prayer calls, uh, whether it's the fact that the enemy would, of course, want us to stop um, going to church. That was something that I saw discussed online and, and people were saying, you know, you certainly can't go to church if you can't go to school and, you know, it doesn't matter what happens, you, you just can't go. And in response to that, many churches are going online. Um, they're having smaller groups in homes where people are getting together to worship and praise God. Whatever the case may be, it is much more like the church of old, the biblical church, where people didn't have large sanctuaries. They met in people's homes and the overflow came out into the streets and there were home churches and there were a lot more fellowship going on. And so there's an opportunity for us as Christians to, instead of seeing this as this awful event that's happening, to really dig in and connect with our Father. Um, I think one of the things that we can do is look at scripture, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. That's John thirteen thirty four. That's what God is looking for us to do here, to rely on him by praying, you know, fasting, um, reading our Bible, not giving up and forsaking on our Bible studies, even if we can't get together physically to still complete our Bible study work. And then also to recognize that God is our refuge and strength. He's here. He's actually working things out for our good. He's always behind the scenes, moving and taking action for our benefit. But it's more than that at this point, because we actually have people in America who are crying out to God, possibly for the first time in their lives, because their economic situation has been impacted. 
uh, many, many people, especially in the restaurant industry, um, small businesses, people that rely on foot traffic and people actually coming into the store, they're seeing basically their businesses are shut down. Those who have significant investments or their 401ks invested in the stock market, the loss of all of that growth that has occurred since President Trump was elected, it's an amazing thing to see that all wiped out in a very short period of time. And it can make for not just a lot of anxiety, but people really feeling out of control and unable to cope with the circumstances. Yet the scripture says that God is our high tower, that he is our provider. He keeps us in the time of trouble. We can actually run to him and find shelter under his wings. The glory of the Lord is our rear guard, which means we're covered. We're covered before the sides, behind, over the top. He is completely all-encompassing in his care for us, and he's waiting for us to cry out. So Pastor Munton was talking about this ability to um, really look in the scriptures and see what God has done in the past. And it reminds me of one of the stories in the Old Testament is from uh, when Joshua and the mighty men of valor were going down into the valley of Ajalon, and they went there because God told them that he was giving the enemy into their hand, and they were to destroy everyone in that valley. And so they go down into the valley, and they're um, actually just fighting. They're, they're fighting. They're bringing their, their full will against this enemy. And so coming into the middle of the day, they realized that they would not be able to complete the task set before them before the sun went down. And so that was, you know, kind of like, hey, the Lord gave these people into our hand, but we can't complete this work. And so what did Joshua do in that situation? Well, he actually said, I have something that I need to do here. So he said out loud, sun, stop, moon, do not move. And in that moment, that actually happened. This is a miraculous Bible story where someone who totally believed that he had the power to do whatever God told him he had the power to do actually took that action. Joshua said, and this is from, um, I want to give you the exact verse, Joshua 10, and I'm reading from the NIV. Um, it starts obviously at verse one, but I've already given you all of that. So let's go straight to verse, it's verse 12. On the day the Lord gave the Amorites over to Israel, Joshua said to the Lord in the presence of Israel, sun, stand still over Gibeon and you moon over the valley of Ajalon. So the sun stood still and the moon stopped till the nation avenged itself on its enemies. As it is written in the book of Yashar, the sun stopped in the middle of the sky and delayed going down about a full day. And there has never been a day like it before or since a day when the Lord listened to a human being. Surely the Lord was fighting for Israel. This is after God said directly to Joshua, I have already given them into your hand. So the victory is yours, but he had to walk it out. And when he saw an obstacle to walking it out, he didn't even flinch. He didn't stop and think about it. He didn't fret. He didn't consult with a bunch of other people to decide how horrible the problem was. He simply said to the Lord, sun, stop, moon, don't move. And that's what happened. That kind of miraculous ability is not limited to the Old Testament. God is still alive and active and working within us every day to include our current situation. 
which is why we have to stand against what we're seeing, the curses that are going out over social media and the news where they're saying this is going to be the worst epidemic, the worst pandemic we've ever experienced. Millions of Americans will die. Millions will be sick. All of the different negative outcomes that are being predicted We have to stand against that as the people of God. We have to say we know what God's word says, not just in the Old Testament, but in the New Testament as well, where God has done many, many wonderful things. And in the history of this nation, where he has answered our prayers over and over and over again, we can rely on God to stand firm for us yet again. We don't have to be afraid. So I want all of us to remember what the scriptures say, first of all. 2 Timothy 1, 6 through 7. For this cause, I remind you that you should stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of hands. For God did not give us a spirit of fear, but the power of power, love and self-control. So we're not to be afraid during this time. We are to rest in the peace that passes all understanding, which comes from Christ Jesus and a relationship with him. And if you're feeling um, discombobulated, if you're feeling like, oh, my goodness, I I just, I can't handle this. You know, maybe you went to the store and there isn't the thing that you're looking to purchase. It's all gone because people have been panic buying. Well, obviously in the natural, the thing that you're looking to purchase is not there, but it will be there at some point. The supply chains in America have not been broken. They're just a little overwhelmed because people who normally only keep two or three days of food at home are rushing out and purchasing huge quantities of food because they know they're supposed to stay indoors for the next three weeks. So as that abates and as those panic purchasing individuals begin to slow down and go back to normal purchasing routines, then the supply chains are going to catch up. We're, we're looking at trucks that are delivering on Tuesdays and Thursdays to schnooks, let's say. Those orders were placed weeks before. It's the standard order. So they have to adjust the order and get in extra trucks, and that takes time. But it doesn't mean that you'll never be able to get hand sanitizer or toilet paper or chicken or ground beef or what have you. It just means that right now, things are a little slim. It's also a lesson for us. God's word tells us that we are to be prepared. We are actually to be prepared for any eventuality. And that doesn't mean we're hoarders or that we spend all of our time clipping coupons and you know buying a, a thousand bottles of uh, you know dishwashing uh, detergent. But it does mean that we say to ourselves, you know, this this is a huge lesson for a lot of Americans because they don't have seven days worth of food at home. And if you have children, um, you really you you must have seven days worth of food at home. And truly, thirty days worth of food is what you should have. And these are recommendations that are found uh, on on our government websites, uh, the CDC and other places on online recommend that you keep a little bit of food and supplies, medicine, things that you'll need at home just in case of an unexpected eventuality. So it has been such a pleasure to be with you today. Thank you so much for joining us on Encounter. Uh, I'm Stacey Washington, and we'll I'll be back with you tomorrow filling in again. So it'll be a pleasure to be with you. Thanks for joining us, and God bless. Encounter is you and the issues, where the facts and opinions make you an informed citizen of St. Louis. Thank you for your participation. Let a friend know about this talk and issues feature of Bot Radio Network and KSIV. Then join us next time for Encounter. Encounter.